0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Major League Baseball hosts its inaugural Field of Dreams game tonight in Iowa. I spoke with Kevin Costner ahead of his 2016 concert at the Birchmere about what makes the 1989 film an immortal classic. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Well, thank you, Jason.
0: When you first say Kevin Costner, first thing everyone thinks of, of your movies. But I want to dive into your music here. When did your love of music start? Like, do you remember picking up an instrument as a kid, or when did that sort of obsession start for you?
1: Well, I was raised a Baptist. My grandmother uh, uh, was the piano player, and uh, my mom and her sister were in the the you know choir. I you know, if you're a Baptist, you always do the the You know, you always do the manger scene every Christmas, and I was a wise guy. I was a wise man, you know. So I, you know, I grew up with the music of the church. I was trained classically on the piano, and I, you know, I used to, you know, write poetry. I was in musicals, and so music was always a part of our life in our house.
0: Do you remember, as the wise man, was it frankincense or myrrh? Or what was your gift?
1: <laughs> well, I was—I I, took "What? I my wa- my mind wandered, and usually my that the thing on my head was too big, and it kind of fell over my eyes, and you know, uh, you know, I, so, I was like a one of the shepherds, you know, right? That you know, I usually had one line in the whole thing. That's hilarious, like heart. Like Hark, there it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hark, well, that's great. But all right, so so it got sort of the the church stuff. What what about any, uh, you know, because you, your band's sort of a, a country rock vibe. What, do you remember any early influences on that sort of thing, either the radio or anything?
1: Well, the, I, you know, I was in the 60s, and there was so much music coming out of the 60s. I, I remember one of the first records I bought was the Young Buds and, <laughs> you know... Um, you know uh, you know smile on your brother everybody come together time to love one another that whole yeah. that whole th- that whole vibe you know really started to speak to me they weren't you know it wasn't it was just uh, you know it was music was starting to really come alive and i i remember you know absorbing all of it
0: Come on, people now. That's a great song. Uh, So you've had sort of those musical influences bubbling all along throughout your whole life and career, but uh, in 2007, take me into the the formation of Minor West. I believe, um, I mean, I want to get to John Coyman in a second, but first of all, it was your wife that encouraged you to do this?
1: Yeah, she had found, John and I were in a band in the 80s called uh, Roving Boy, and um, my movie career started to kind of really, you know, push into high gear, and trying to raise a family, do two different things, just wasn't going to work. And, and so we kind of just disbanded. And then my wife, my second wife, found the music and, and said, I don't know why you don't do this. And I, you know, I just had all kinds of reasons to not do it, kind of like a kid not wanting to take the trash out or mow the lawn. I just kept putting it off. And she stayed on me for about two years. And finally, I said, okay, I would do it. And I really, basically, the band was formed, just to play music wherever I happen to be making a movie. I didn't have a grand plan for touring or making a record or anything, but that evolved. And it's pretty emblematic of almost of my career. When I do something I love, it always has a way of kind of working out. And the music ended up taking me, So many, it's taken us all around the world. We've been together for the last 12 years. And in fact, our last record was called Where the Music Takes You. When I say the last record, nobody will know about it because I never released it. (laughs) That's just the way I do things, you know? So I guess people that come, you know they can buy the they can buy that record uh, at the at the concert.
0: So your your wife finds this thing and says, "Man, you got to do this." Um, so then what? Then you call up up John. He, he's living in what Tucson at the time. You guys had met at like an acting workshop or something, and then you you call. Yeah, how, how does yeah, that, how, a long does that time.
1: Conver- yeah.
0: how does that conversation go? Hey man, I want to start a band. Well, it wasn't an easy one at <laughs> first.
1: I tried to do the band with three other guys, and it just didn't feel right. I I felt like too much pressure was going to fall on me, and and um, uh and i i I thought you know because john was in tucson but i decided to call him i wasn't sure since you know we already tried once and we didn't follow through with it we we liked working together but i wasn't sure how he was going to respond and he drove out immediately and uh the idea was just to play original music and we started to write music and brought blair who was in that original band and then out of that we we assembled the rest of the guys
0: that's so cool. Um, you mentioned the the latest album that you never released, but you know, take me through sort of the chronology of your music, sort of how how Modern West has evolved from Untold Truths to Turn It On, from where I stand, famous for the Hatfield and, and McCoy's thing, and then now to the one that you you know that you said you haven't released yet. How do you think you've sort of grown since those early Untold Truths days?
1: Well, yeah, the, the the band has always been great. I've gotten a little better. <laughs> yeah. How humble. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know. I've gotten a little better. They've always been great. So um, it's just been a really, it's very, it's, listen, the band's really serious about the music they write, but the, the relationships that have formed after the last 12 years have been great. I mean, when we play, when people hear us, we have a lot of firepower. I mean, we play really loud. And the truth is all the songs that the people will hear that come were written during the making of the movies that probably, you know, hopefully a lot of people saw. So it, it turned into kind of a fun night, and um, the idea, was, again, was just to play. It was never – there wasn't a big plan. There's no giant machine behind me. There's just us and the audience.
0: Yeah, for sure. You said you worked sort of your band schedule around your, your, a lot of your, your movie shoots and, and location and things. Um, there's a, there was that Untold Truth song, because I was obviously listening to a bunch of stuff in preparation for this, but there was that song um, – Leland, Iowa, and the line says their fathers like yeah. their fathers were raising kids and growing corn. Was that sort of a nod to the Field of Dreams? Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa
1: idea. Yeah, we we, we that song was written when I was making uh, Field of Dreams.
0: Okay. Perfect. So how does that how does that sort of work? Because your your preparation is as an actor, but then are you like in your trailer jotting down song lyrics, or you know how does that sort of work?
1: Well, you know, when we go on tour, we always think like kids going on vacation oh, we're going to write a bunch of songs, and we <laughs> never write one. You know, but I when I go on the tour, I I end up writing screenplays, and when I'm on the movie sets, the guys come and visit me, and we end up writing songs. So go figure. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of the weird opposite, you know.
0: It's a symbiotic relationship.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: I love it. Um, just because Field of Dreams came up before I move on with of that one. Um, I'm, I'm almost sensing like a little bit of a, a through line. Like when, when you were mentioning your wife sort of encouraging you to, to do this, you know, to build something totally illogical. Um, and you had that line on your website where it says, you know, F it, what do I have to lose? Maybe just some of the best times of my life. I'm going to go out and make this band, you know. It totally reminds me of those Ray Kinsella Annie moments. Um, what like lesson can we learn from that sort of Break and cello, risk taking spirit that you had, to, whether it's starting a band or building a baseball field, you know. Why do you listen to some of those moments of at midnight in the dark, these crazy ideas in bed? Why, why should we sort of follow those dreams?
1: Well, I don't know, you know. Um, it, it, it's, 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 you, you have one shot at this thing, you know, and um, I've been really lucky for sure. But like, there's a song, I'm, I forget which record it is called 90 Miles an Hour. That's kind of a metaphor for my life, which is, you know, when I decided I would be an actor or, a, a, you know, and, you know, it, it, it freaked everybody out in my family. You know, everybody <laughs> thought, well, now, well you're not, you're, now what are you going to do? How are you going to do that? And, and the truth is, you know, the people that love you the most are also those that can have a tendency to hold you back. And mm-hmm. that song talks about that idea of, you know, maybe just doing things, you know, and by the time people catch up with you, you're already 90 miles an hour. You know, you're already 90 miles down the road. And it's that song a metaphor for my life, you know, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it uh, when we play. And, yeah. um, you know, it, I don't try to separate the movies from the music.
0: That's cool. They're intertwined. But you mentioned that sometimes the people that love you the most are the ones that hold you back. Explain that a little more, how, how you sort of need to take that. Well, individual... they
1: don't do it. They, 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 just do it because they're afraid they, they don't want you to fail. Right. They,
0: uh, it's protective. They, they don't know
1: how to help you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing that they don't understand and, and what happens is in, you know, they can transfer that fear onto you and you just don't take that step um you know and and that's all I map
0: no it's it's absolutely a great piece of advice it's they're sort of in protective mode the comfortable mode um so then uh, is a song like if, if we put on 90 miles an hour you said was the song will our listeners maybe help them take that leap of faith
1: yeah i think they would <laughs> understand that when they see that I, I i'm not any different than anybody listening you know we all we all have to you know we all You know, we all have different ideas about ourselves than sometimes what we think other people have about us. You know, we have things churning inside us, you know. And sometimes if you tell people what you want to do, there's going to be everybody around you to say, well, I don't think you can do that. And right now you don't need that. You know, just go do what you want to do. By the time, you know, people catch up to you, you know, you've already done it.
0: That's such great advice. I think people are going to really uh, respond to that when they hear this interview. Was it a similar uh, thing? Did you have any naysayers when, let's say, I don't know, directing Dances with Wolves or something? Did people say, oh, you, you can't direct? And then you're just like, no, 90 miles an hour, I'm doing it.
1: Yeah, no, I, believe me, I, I didn't think I could direct. I, I, was, <laughs> I was more afraid than anybody. But I didn't want to let fear stop me. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, I would be afraid if I was in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. That's something to be fearful of, you know, but the truth is, you know, you you, you got this life and you say, I think I can do this. And, and you have to try. You know, there's, I don't think that's being that brave, but I didn't want to go through life going, yeah, I could have I this, I could have that. And um, we can easily find ourselves there. And that's not a crime either. But you got to kind of, for me, I had to kind of blow through that.
0: For sure. What would that early, uh, that church shepherd that was <laughs> leading those flocks of sheep, what would he tell your Dances with Wolves character?
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but i, I got to tell you, that the biggest important day in my life, a lot of people will think of the Oscars, they'll think of a lot of different things, right? Yeah. But if I think about one of the most important days of my life was when I decided what I would do, and I didn't really care what other people thought. That was a relief to me. What was and, that? What was that uh, moment? Do you remember that moment specifically? Yeah, I was about. I was. I was in my. Um, I was. I was. Uh, I'd been married a year. I was going down the road of, you know, a, a, an everyday job, and I knew that acting was in my blood. And I decided, nope, this is what I'm going to do. I don't really care. And I, 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 I knew that I had to be a provider, and I, I would figure out how to do that, but. I wanted everybody off my back. I was going to do what I wanted to do.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, and now that whole journey. Now look at you. You're
1: touring. We'll play off of. We'll play off of every record, including the last one we made, which is called "Where the Music Takes You." We'll probably, you know, those and and those records. I think will be out front if people want to take them home. So. You know, uh, hell, I'm even bringing my book for some people. You know, I wrote this, co-wrote this book called The Explorers Guild, and for people who like high adventure, it's, I just bring my life with me, you know what yeah. I mean? Is it?
0: It's a fiction book? Yeah. Was oh, oh, well, That's the one you brought to the National Press Club, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, bring it and see you go, listeners. Hear some music and, and pick up a copy of the book. There
1: you yeah, go. Yeah, it's it's everything's about sharing. Yeah. You do something, you share it.
0: You're like a Renaissance man on this. All right, in in terms of sharing, uh, embarrass some of your band members real quick. You know, break down who's up on stage with you.
1: Well, well, <laughs> Blair number one. Our ba- Blair number one. Our bass player. I, I think Blair would go on the road 365 days a year. I just do. I think <laughs> when he gets his little bunk, he's so happy. Uh, so there's, you know, for him and uh, you know, Teddy and Park. Um, I got to tell you, I. I, I they're separate guys, so I don't mean to group them together, but they kind of really remind me of like, they're just, there's such amazing players and such great songwriters, uh, all becoming great, important friends in my life. John Playman, who obviously brought me back to music. Um, you know, I I don't really even know how to make fun of a guy who, you know, kind of opened up a whole new frontier for me. (laughs) Um, you know, and, um, Larry looks like the Mister Clean guy, you know, on that bottle, you know, with that bald head of his back there. But um, listen, we we've never had a fight, you know, in the twelve years we've been together. I, I I break all the ties in our band, and that's the way it's always been. And so my big hope is that people show up, and that we're going to play loud for them, and we're going to we're going to have a really good time. Awesome.
0: Well, in final seconds before we cut you loose, we have a huge debate in the newsroom: Bull Durham or Field of Dreams, which is the better oh, baseball God, movie? No.
1: Well, Bull Durham's the better baseball movie. Listen, Bull Durham, you know, is Crash Davis is one of the great characters that anybody would ever get to play. And that movie kind of is so iconic for so many reasons. But, uh, but then you take Field of Dreams, a movie that nobody nobody completely even understood at the time we were trying to make it turns into be kind of our generations it's a wonderful life so oh, totally both movies stand on the landscape of uh, americana and uh and i i could no more separate those movies or put one in front of the other than the man on the moon
0: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it
1: you're welcome take care bye bye
0: thanks so much for joining us on beyond the fame with jason fraley remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear we'll see you next time